0: episode 895 of the sleeper in the bus it is thursday february 18th i'm your host paul spore and i'm joined this morning by justin mason justin good morning
1: how you doing buddy You hanging in there
0: as best as i can man you know this uh this this winter storm was no joke you know made national news i'm sure folks have heard about it it's about as bad as you've heard and i gotta be honest we were on the very fortunate end of it relative to not just general folks. I don't even have to generalize. I can I can relate it to my family. My sister and brother-in-law were out for over 30 hours with power. My mom and brother had about a 40-plus hour bout with it. Meanwhile, we were fortunate enough to only deal with rolling blackouts. Uh, we had an extra kink thrown in with, with Charlotte falling ill. So that didn't make it any more fun. But, uh, you know, hey, all things considered, as awful as it's been, we're hanging in there. Glad to be talking some baseball this morning.
1: Yeah, I mean, I What's feel you? I feel for you guys, man. It's I can't I mean, I can't imagine cuz we go through the blackout things too for days on end in the end, summer, yeah. In the summer when it's super hot. Um Now, are they rolling or do they uh, do you have set outages for like 30 plus hours? Yeah, it's set outages for like 30 plus hours. They pretty Jesus. much tell you They're supposed to tell you 48 hours in advance, but they don't have to if, like, you know. um, I remember you had some where they did not tell you guys. They
0: told you wrong information.
1: Yeah. And the longest I think we went was, like, five days without power. Um, Which, you know, I mean, it's uncomfortable in the heat, especially when it's, like, 110 or something like that. Sure, sure. But it's not quite as dangerous as...
0: I don't want to minimize it, because I haven't had to deal with it, and people that have, there can be deaths, and there's issues, particularly with like elderly and whatnot, mm-hmm. but if I'm choosing between the two, I'm taking the heat all day.
1: Yeah. I mean, I prefer the cold, but I don't like extreme cold. Outside of the
0: f- when the fires were happening, which is a whole other devastation on its mm-hmm. own, you can always travel in the heat, though, too, right? You can yeah. still maneuver, whereas...
1: Yeah, most of us
0: had no no choice but to just stay where we were. So even if we had a relative, you know, like there's no way my mom was getting from San Antonio to Austin. You look on a map, it's probably an inch apart. In real life, you're talking two hours, you're talking four hours, probably having to drive as slow Mm -hmm. as they would have if they'd have even made it. It just was not feasible.
1: And do you guys even have four wheel four wheel drive vehicles? Some
0: people do, but it's it's a rarity. Yeah, you have to ask people, you know, oh, do you Mm -hmm. have it? Do you have it? Grew up in Michigan.
1: You know, every every
0: every other person had it on Your the Your guys' bike, shoes have four-wheel drive, yeah. Yeah, I mean, two, two, out, two out of every three people probably had it mm-hmm. up, up there. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it was wild. It's turning a little bit today. I think um, we did get some more freezing rain, snow overnight, which put another little layer of crap. The weather's really supposed to turn tomorrow, get into the 40s, which doesn't sound like much, but we'll <laughs> – Greatly help the roads as far as melting yeah. the ice. I can get Charlotte to a vet. For those that don't know, she had an issue last week that I I was ahead on, and I went out there to the vet, and everything was fine. She went back to normal. She she did wasn't showing any of the symptoms. So they couldn't find anything. Well, it's it's worse, and now to the point where her back legs aren't even working. So we've been dealing with that on top of everything. But like I said, not here to just uh, drop all my stuff on everybody. All in all, we're moving forward. And uh, like I said, I'm excited to talk some baseball. Labor draft was interrupted by this storm, though, Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, as I expected, I figured I would get a rolling blackout at some point. I even prepared you guys. I said, hey, if I break at any point, you probably shouldn't expect me back. And that ended up being the case. But we had three heads doing it. So I'll tell you what, we were in a good spot if we were ever going to have such a thing uh, with me, you, and Joe Pizapia doing it. I like how the crew turned out. What What do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's difficult to draft with someone that you've never drafted with before. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a challenge, but I think Joe and I worked really well together. Uh, I was able to kind of voice what you would necess- you know, what you would want. Like we almost yeah. took you, Dylan you Bundy speak for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we almost took Dylan Bundy, but he got sniped right before us, even though I disliked Dylan Bundy. Um,
0: yeah, we get a little two to one system going too, mm-hmm. where if two guys voted for it, that would overrule the other mm-hmm. guy. No one really got out of bounds on that. Hey, we got a premium closer that we weren't we sure. did, and that's going to lead us right into. Uh, and you can, if you have more thoughts on labor, go ahead. But that's gonna lead us right into our first, uh, our first transaction there. Trevor Rosenthal, round thirteen. If we redo that draft tonight, he goes what five, six rounds higher minimum.
1: I bet you he is the fourth or fifth closer off the board. After I mean, he, he rebounded
0: so beautifully. He goes to a quality Oakland team. I, and I got to be honest, I, I can't say I saw him getting all the way back. But I really – I'm, I'm sure there's a tweet out there or a, a, a Twitch clip. When the Tigers got him back in 2019, I was like, dude, if he can find something and get back, this could be a nice little pickup for them. He was he was not ready. He just wasn't ready. The Nats and Tigers tried him out in 2019, and he just wasn't back to himself yet. And the Royals – Get him last year. He was great. They flip him to the Padres. He was even better with them. Turns into an $11 million deal with the A's, which we can get to in a moment, but that's one of our closers after we got Brad Hand, Mm -hmm. and we were just kind of like, well, what are we going to do here? But you guys also got LeClerc and Hunter Harvey, and you Mm -hmm. got Romo, too, in the round 27, who was looking like maybe he would get some saves with Diekman. Obviously, now that's an easy cut uh, for us, but... I like where that's at. Any other thoughts on the team before we get into Rosenthal, Romo, and and a few other transactions?
1: Yeah, I mean we've got a ton of roster flexibility, which is amazing, especially in a league this deep. It's uh, a
0: signature of ours, right? Yeah. You and I did the same thing last year too. I mean, mm-hmm. not saying nobody else does. Not not signature in that we we're the only ones mm-hmm. who do it. But when you and I draft together, that is something. It's that a we priority
1: that yes. that we that we make uh, in every draft, and this one was no different. Ton of roster flexibility, and now some trading assets because this is an active trading league. I mean, we made two trades last year in this league, uh, and we have Fred Zinke in the league, so there's going to be a bunch of trades. So, and I tell you,
0: I really wish we could have seen where a six month season goes last year because we made some moves that I thought mm-hmm. were really impactful. Uh, we ended up getting um, we got Yelich, right? Didn't we yeah. get him in a big mm-hmm. trade? And it would have been nice to see where he goes because he was starting to get out of it just as the season ended. And a few other things still would have been nice, but I like I like our our core here. We started with the Grom Jimenez Tucker Lynn, so two pitchers, two hitters off Rip. Then Brandon Lau Nelson Cruz in the sixth round. We were all that was a universal pick. We had several universals by mm-hmm. the way that we all three just were very in on Muncie, Buxton Hand Montas. That rounds out our top ten. And by the way, you mentioned Bundy who uh, you guys would have considered in the 11th and he, if he'd made it. The guy we quote-unquote got stuck with is not stuck at all, Cabrizi, man. I love Cabrian Hayes. I know yeah. you're a huge fan. Give us a few thoughts on Cabrian Hayes as an 11th-round pick. He had that amazing debut last year. Obviously, he's not going to be that good, but what can he realistically do this year in a full-time role on an otherwise garbage team but but as a great hitter himself?
1: Yeah, and I mean, and I think that is the key point about Hayes is that he's a great hitter. Like, I don't know what the power upside is, but I think he is likely a guy that is going to contribute some in every category. He's not going to mm-hmm. be a stud, but I especially like his potential in the batting average department. Dude You're has... saying he's not going to be a stud in any single category. Yeah, right? yeah, but he's going to yeah. be a solid contributor in every—and, I mean, in that lineup, he's going to hit either top or middle So uh, and play every day. You know, he's a good defender— I just like the potential of him. If you look at his stat cast data. I know it's a super small sample and that's what people will point out, but sure. his stat cast data is just unreal red. Um, you know, um, 92.8% exit velocity. Uh, he's in 79th percentile in sprint speed, barrels up the ball over 9% of the time. His hard hit percentage was 55.4. Like, wow. I, I've made this comp I mean, yeah. already on the podcast, but to me, he reminds me of an early career Anthony Rendon. I love that.
0: And I love that comp too. And, you know, you mentioned do a bit of everything everywhere back in AAA, 110 games, 2019, stole 12 bases while hitting 12, uh, 10 homers. And he was 12 for 13. He's got some good stolen base numbers. He's not a burner or anything, but freewheeling out there in Pittsburgh. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't at least give him a yellow light, let him mm-hmm. kind of do do some things and and maybe get to a double-digit stolen base yep. count with a high teens uh, home run count and then a good batting average. That's the thing. The batting average could really send him. For Cabrines to have a stud year, I think it would include something well over 300, at least this year. He may develop into more power, but he's a 60 future value. That's That's a huge grade, mm-hmm. and I think that power will start to develop. And I really like him. So, you know, as much as I love Bundy and, and Joe's on him as well, we would have enjoyed that pick if he'd made it. Our consolation prize was was very much still a first prize uh, piece there. I really like getting mm-hmm. Hayes. And then Savale, Trevor Rosenthal, Trey Mancini, Tyler Molly. I don't know if you're going to write on it or not, but uh, we can do a full breakdown either in an article or, or a pod itself. Um, I do want to get into the other stuff here, but I really enjoyed how you guys put together the rest of the team there in my absence so uh, yeah, maybe we'll have work.
1: joe back on and do a full breakdown of the team uh, like i'm writing so many of these adp market pieces uh through draft season that i doubt i'll have time to write it up
0: those are killing it anyway so stay on that and uh, yeah let's ask joe if maybe he's got 30 40 minutes next week and we'll just do a little breakdown of how things went uh, and get the first hand thoughts from you guys you guys put up the three hour pod too
1: so people can mm-hmm. listen to the live and, pod and they can, can see really the they can see the video over on youtube Correct. Um Correct. if they want as well. And that's linked in the pod show notes.
0: And I'm in there for a little bit.
1: So yeah, you really and you freeze. Me, like when when it when perfect. the power went out, you froze there for a good like three or four minutes. A fitting um,
0: uh you know, a fitting way to put it that I froze. Yeah, give, literally. Give it, give it the weather here. <laughs> um all right, well let's get into some transactions. I mentioned Trevor Rosenthal, Sergio Romo, both guys on our labor team. We didn't realize they would soon be teammates. Um, you know, you and I talked offline before this about the Trevor Rosenthal move. You've already got a ton of shares in mm-hmm. him thinking that he would land somewhere as a closer. He lands in Oakland. Uh, this is a great fit for him. You know, th- They've had an interesting offseason, right? They've let a lot of guys walk, including Hendricks and Semyon as the main ones, but Lestella, Miner, Grossman. And so I think people thought they were kind of peeling back, but this is the Oakland way. The, I mean, mm-hmm. everything that they've done is is peak Oakland, except maybe that they signed an $11 million reliever. They don't usually do that, but it's a one-year deal. It's a guy whose skills, you know, came back and look really strong. He's been great before. I love Jake Diekman, but I even even I was concerned about whether or not he can truly be a full time closer. That's why I really liked the Romo pickup mm-hmm. uh, that I saw you guys seen you guys make before this move. <laughs> Obviously, now he'll just – Deekman and Romo will be 7th, 8th inning depth with Trevino, Wendelkin, Yusmero-Petit, and Rosenthal becomes the guy. Uh, like I said, you've got tons of shares. So you were really bought in on him be, being a closer somewhere, and you, you like the fit in Oakland then?
1: I do because, I mean, he's the guy, right? There's no got reason it. to think that he won't be at this point. And, you know, yes, he – I mean, I don't know where exactly. Like I should probably check where he was going, and I can do it real quick. I'm sure. Um, in terms of where he was going in closers uh, coming into you know this draft and uh, coming into this signing, but like he's a top. He's my fourth closer now. Like, I, I think two things there. Right? Mm-hmm.
0: One, elite velo strikeout guy mm-hmm. um, who really showed off his swinging strength last year. But two, and this is not to knock him, but just to talk about the state of closer, is that uncertainty is so much that you don't really get more than maybe six, seven deep of guys you even feel like you can trust. So putting Rosenthal fourth is part circumstance, part Rosenthal. I totally agree with you because he is an unquestioned guy. Diekman will steal a save here and there when there's two out of three guys coming up that are lefties or something. But I don't think he's going to take a reasonable share. I think. Oakland doesn't put 11 mil on the table for somebody to be a middle reliever. No. Simply put, like that is one team and there are a few others that when they put out some money, that's telling you what the role is going to be. Like like if, if, um, if Tampa Bay did this, you'd know he was going to be the closer. Yeah. When they put 15 mil out on Morton, you know they weren't going to pussyfoot around with him and make him throw four innings or get an opener or do any sort of goofiness with him. He was going to be a starter that they were going to try to get innings out of. So – I do like that, too, about a team like Oakland, whereas if he had gone somewhere that has kind of like a, a good, not great guy. Like, what if he had gone?
1: Um, he was okay. rumored to go to the Mets. That's exactly what the team I was going to say. Yeah. I, I, and I that, think that was, was scaring the, the hell out of me. That one would have been tough, right? Because I think they has... would have gone straight committee.
0: Yeah, between Diaz, May, Mm -hmm. and Rosenthal, just who's pitching better at that moment. Yeah, Um, And Diaz pitched so well after the first couple outings last year that he kind of looks like himself, the guy that they traded all those pieces for. Imagine if they had Kelnick on the way up, by the way. Sorry, sorry, Mets fans.
1: Uh Uh Uh-oh. And I haven't confirmed this, but it looks like uh, Bieber has COVID and Real Moto broke his thumb. Oh, yeah, I saw, I saw the the latter,
0: not the first. So Shane Beaver has COVID, mm-hmm. and Beaver broke a thumb, and...
1: No, no, and uh, broke a thumb. Yeah. Remoto broke a thumb. Who did I say? You said Beaver. I said Beaver both times. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Beaver, COVID, Remoto broke a thumb. That sucks. So they're both basically going to have the same sort of two-week
1: off. Um, well, who knows what... I mean, depends... On w- which thumb for real muto? Well, I'm just
0: reading that it says he's he'll be immobilized for the next two weeks, guaranteed. Yeah, they're hopeful he'll be ready in time. I'm just saying, like he's at least two weeks doing nothing for mm-hmm. real muto, and and that's that's the quarantine period for Beaver as well.
1: Yeah,
0: was he hanging out with Zach Busek? when they were they trolling the town or something?
1: I don't know. Maybe he was hanging out with Frankie Montas because Montas got COVID too. What? Yeah, you didn't see that no, yesterday. There.
0: I missed that. I missed that. I was yeah, and then there uh, was a
1: report yesterday too uh, that Sean Murphy had off-season surgery for a collapsed lung. Jesus. Yeah, you missed some stuff yesterday.
0: I sure did. Excuse me. Yeah. Oh my God. Huh. Okay. Well, I did miss some info there. Um, Well that's uh that's interesting and we're gonna get a lot more right it mm-hmm. we talk about this every year on the show don't we where we get the excitement of the season starting and then the dread of the injury news that invariably comes in and then um of course you add in covid to that and that just makes it that much worse obviously we weren't dealing with it like we are this year back in in 2020 um it was just kind of starting and and you know dealing with other sports well it's not going to affect baseball we'll be fine we're going to vegas we're going to new york no we're not we're Mm -hmm. not doing any of that stuff um and so yeah we're gonna have to see how all that goes and and who gets covid so there's still a lot a lot to deal with with all that Mm -hmm. uh wow yeah that's that's tough there so real muto i imagine this will drop his price a bit is there is there a price that you could see reasonably dropping from where he goes now for real muto that would bring you in on him because if I recall correctly, and maybe just judging off of our our team uh, where we punted catcher, you don't seem like you're dying to get premium catching. So, if, is there a price that Real Muto could go to where you'd be like, you know what,
1: I'll do it if he were to drop? Like I'm not afraid of taking premium catching, and I have okay. taken you're a coward. <laughs> I have <laughs> taken uh, catchers earlier than maybe like certain other drafts I've done. For me, it's all about value, and if I see a guy drop a considerable amount, then I'll pull the trigger. Um, but I just don't see the. I mean, outside of Real Muto, and then you know the maybe the next tier of guys, your Grandal, your Will Smith, your your Sal Perez's. uh I still your, like Contreras too. Yeah, Contreras, like that's a tier. Um, like I'm not, I'm not gonna pay a huge price for him.
0: So Real um, Muto's at 34 over the last calendar month since January eighteenth. That's 140 drafts. That's all drafts. Let me go to let me go to online championship right now. We're getting a lot of those starting okay. to come in. That's 16 drafts. On he's draft champions, yeah, he's,
1: yeah. Draft champions, he's 38 over the last month.
0: Oh, s- same same on mm-hmm. uh, same on online. I wonder what's boosting his price, maybe in basketball or something. I don't know. Um What where could he feasible like if he dropped twenty picks, would that be enough to get you in right if he's around 58 60 range for real muto would you jump in
1: yeah i think i might i'd still take like a rosarena over him i might take a closer like Hendricks or hater corbin burns is in that area maybe you still dri- have to be a fit right like yeah. you still have
0: to see it and be like "Well, oh, i've already got my ace i've already got this mm-hmm. power this power speed now i can take him i still am not even at 60 if you went down there I'm with you. I'm still not exactly insta-targeting him. I like a Rosarena myself. There's a few pictures around there that you named, like Burns and Hendricks, that I would consider hater. hater. Um, so I hear you on that. But at least you're open to considering mm-hmm. him. And if he drops any further than that, that would obviously open up how much more you were yeah. You were in. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I think that's fair. And then as far as Bieber goes, do you think COVID will start dropping prices at all
1: to, an, think- to a
0: reasonable level or just like a few picks here and there?
1: I think it, yeah. I think it'll drop. It depends on what the news is. Is he asymptomatic? Is this just a, you know, matter of he tested positive, uh, but he's not feeling any effects? Like Montaz apparently is feeling effects, so you you start to drop him a little bit until we see him back on a mound. Um, mm-hmm. But. I mean, he will drop for sure. Whether or not I'll be willing to take him if he drops too far, for instance, like I, uh, Shelly and I are doing that tag team league on Sunday, and we pulled the first pick. Um, and so you know, let's say we go Tatis or Acuna, um, and we don't go to Grom. If Bieber's there at the two three turn, that is gonna be. I mean, and I haven't talked to Shelly about it, but like I would be open to taking that gamble there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I think depending on what the news is about his condition. And if we get any news, because obviously teams don't have to share that information. Typically we have to get it from the player or from a inside source. Um, you know, I'm, I think he's, he's worth the gamble. I mean, he, he was what the best pitcher in baseball last year. So yeah. if you, if you could get him, Back end of the second, early third. I think that's definitely a gamble worth considering, depending on how comfortable you are with that kind of risk assessment. I mean, I got in my main event last year. I got Juan Soto in like either end of third or beginning of the fourth, and it was a godsend. You know? Oh yeah, I
0: mean that's that's
1: huge. But you could also get Moncada, who struggled all year. Yep. You know, or Austin Meadows, who struggled all year. Yep, they said it kicked it
0: kicked their butt.
1: Yeah. So you could get Freddie Freeman or Soto, or you can you know, it's a huge gamble. So it's kind of depends and, on how risk-averse you are.
0: And the crazy thing is, there's not even really a way to feel in the clear, because, remember, Freeman said it kicked his butt, and he went went out yeah. one MVP. So he's like, I got my ass kicked by it, and then bounced back and won MVP. Moncada said it dragged me down all year. And I don't think that makes, you know.
1: Oh, Juan Rodriguez couldn't walk until yeah. the fall.
0: And and I don't think that makes, you know, Freeman inherently stronger than them. You just don't know how it's going to go. And yeah. that's the real issue here. And so, yeah, depends how risk averse you are and what you want to do. Um, I imagine that uh, in, in a sitcom hijinks-esque sort of turn, uh danielle's gonna switch out your main event draft list with a covid list and you're just gonna go straight down and take all the guys who have covid <laughs> to fit you know and then that'll also create a good shirt opportunity for roto wear, and everyone wins that way so
1: i, I don't uh, know I, if I, i've I, plugged my new project yet here um with danielle so for those so who follow my way the one
0: you recommended y- yesterday by the way Wait, with danielle.
1: alex yep oh my god so what we're doing is my wife is in TGFBI this year because she trolled the hell out of me and started her own fantasy website. Um, and but I told her she had to take it seriously. So we're doing a podcast series on the TGFBI podcast. We're running through the basics of how to play fantasy because what we what she has found is there's just not a lot of beginner resources and it kind of prevents new players. From starting up. So especially because
0: fantasy baseball is kinda of hard.
1: It's very hard. Like you know? and I think we take for granted in the industry that people have a certain level of knowledge when they start listening or reading our work.
0: Well that's why, you know, I, I am a, I'm a reformed league shamer, mm-hmm. guy who used to pretend that like a, an eight-team league was inferior, that points leagues were lame. And, and I, I completely came off that to where I'm the other way now. If I see people doing it, I'm like, hey, cut that out. We don't want to dissuade people from playing. Get them in. Get them enjoying it. Head-to-head points. You can only find five other folks with you. Play a six-person league then. That's fine. There's still different challenges to every league type anyway. Just because a six team or an eight team would have all-star-studded teams, well, that means then you have to find the stars of the stars, right? You have to make, you have to play hot hand on the way. You have different challenges. So the pod is great. Um, mm-hmm. I listened to the, to the Alex one first because that's what you recommended. I'm gonna go back and listen to. I think there's two others, right? There's three. Uh,
1: there's four. I just dropped one with four Nancy okay. Eaton this morning. So perfect. We're gonna be recording daily up until the start of TGFBI, which is on March first, and then we're gonna move to weekly after that.
0: That's great, and Danielle is a, a natural on the mic, too, so it's been she great is. you've heard her on this show before uh, when my girlfriend came on, too, mm-hmm. um, and, and we had the girls on for a, a draft back in early early COVID when we were kind of like, there's not really a lot of baseball to talk about. So, mm-hmm. um, no, it's great, though. Great great work. I love it, and I'm excited to see how she does. Speaking of TGFBI, Smada putting out some great info on mm-hmm. stuff, too. Check him out, S-M-A-D-A. Just think of it, Adams backwards, underscore b smata underscore bb to get all the great news there that he's putting out all the data that he's putting mm-hmm. out as far as how people have done over the three-year history and yeah we're just about a uh, 10 days or so from firing up and i'm yeah. excited can't wait for some tgfbi action uh draft season's here but let's go back into these transactions here you know, the breaking news was very important but we are sticking with oakland uh because they made another solid signing and, and, and big move here with mitch Moreland coming in and you know we talk about it with, um, oh my God, who am I thinking of? It's not Chris Carter. Uh, it, somebody compared him to Chris Carter. There was another guy who did really well who like can't get can't get signed. And I, I was just talking about him on Twitter, but anyway, I was I was comparing No, Thames went back went back overseas. If somebody that was like, oh oh, um, it was Krohn because didn't Crone get a minor league deal?
1: Yeah, in Colorado.
0: Yeah, yeah, which uh, we'll get to actually right after this one. But I was like. Uh, People are saying, you know, he does all the, you know, he's done pretty well the last few years, and all he gets is minor league deals. I can't remember the Chris Carter thing. He led Mm -hmm. the National League in homers, and then uh, midway through the next year, he was done with baseball. Mitch Moreland was fitting kind of a similar M.O. You know, he's a righty destroyer. If you need somebody to just pummel righties, he's your man. And he had a great season last year, uh, split between Boston and and San Diego, and he was taking a while to land. Now, we knew he'd get a job, but it was like, is he even going to start? Is he going to be one of these minor league guys? Because he's now going into his age 36 season, age 35 season, excuse me, a little bit more understandable than some of these other guys who are good three, four years younger, if he had maybe gotten a minor league deal. But he gets a deal with Oakland. Uh, Looks like he'll be their DH, at least Mm -hmm. against righties. What do you think of this move, Moreland and Oakland? Does he have enough power to play – anywhere or are you worried that uh that that, pa- that that park might eat some stuff up there
1: i am a bit worried that the park may eat some stuff up for him and he was
0: plus the ball
1: of course too by the way yeah the ball, the ball being and if if i remember correctly and i'm double checking this right now like he was super hot to start the year and he yeah was terrible he... san diego yep. yeah and then just completely tailed off hit 215 in september with only two home runs still play pretty much you know close to every day but uh he just yeah he he had a hot streak and small samples uh kind of coming home to roost a little bit so i'm he's going to play every day like you look you at I think every day you don't you, think that they'll have somebody
0: against righties, or i mean, against
1: lefties. excuse me they, they could technically bring someone else in but looking at their roster is currently constructed who is that someone there there isn't anyone like, maybe
0: um, I would say I would say
1: there's no right-handed bat on the well, bench other than Pinder Pinder's there, but you but, don't want to put him at DH. You waste his
0: defense.
1: And and so maybe you move They're, they're to gonna Scottie? they're gonna platoon him with Kemp. I think
0: I I, I could see that too. Um, there has to be. An, there's only three guys on the bench though, so we have to mm-hmm. see who gets on the bench. I still think he's not going to play. Moreland is not going to play much uh, versus right. It's, although I, another guy who I thought of. Uh, two guys off the top of my head were Seth Brown and Vimeo Machine, and both of them are lefties. So they they don't
1: they don't do the job either. This is this is like a prime Mikel Franco place.
0: Oh my god, because he'll be even cheaper than Moreland.
1: Yeah, and then they
0: just form a, a super put. I mean, Moreland cost two point two mil. Maybe, maybe or Jed maybe, Jerko. Uh, Jerko would cost less than him or equal to him. Franco might still cost a little bit more, but I do think he would be in Oakland's price range. Mm-hmm. And that would make—I mean, he's still just 28. I—if I, you listen to this show long enough, you yeah, know I'm we, a yeah. sucker for him.
1: So we, you know, we've got, all fallen for his yeah, Mike yeah. moustakis like spring trainings.
0: Yeah, but but at least Moustakis eventually got great.
1: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and became like a real steady per-
0: player. Now Franco has three 20-plus homer seasons under his belt. He's been a just under a league-average hitter for 2,800 plate appearances. He's no loser, uh, but I do think that's a great call. Him or Jerko, I think, are a great call to fit in there. Um, ostensibly, Franco Franco can play the field, but Jerko can ostensibly
1: play a bunch of different spots. Yeah, Jerko seems like them. the right spot, or the like the perfect A siding.
0: Yes, because of the the maneuverability, mm-hmm. they can hide him at some spots. So yeah, they're probably not done. The Moreland move is fine. AL only, deep, deep leagues where a platoon bat is fine that you don't mind. Uh, I'm not doing backflips for it, but I thought it was a good signing for Oakland as far as real life. Let's get to that Crone signing that we were hinting at there that I couldn't think of. Um, Like I said, minor league deal, which does he look at Moreland's deal and say, well, what the frick, dude? I mean, I know I missed (laughs) last year, but I'm getting a minor league deal and this dude's getting two and a half million. Nothing against Moreland. More more that Crone should be like, well, where's my money? I'm five years younger. I've been better Um, I have a 30 and a 25 homer season. I can play a bit more too. While he is right-handed and does better against lefties, he can hang as a full-time type player Mm -hmm. because he's not wretched against one side the way Moreland is. And all he gets is a non-roster invite. I will say though, this is peak Colorado signing Mm -hmm. a 31 year old. He's not really blocking anybody that I'm that geeked about, though. I'm kind of off the Ryan McMahon train. Plus, he can move over to third anyway and cover. I'm,
1: I'm getting back on the Ryan McMahon train.
0: Okay, well, we'll get into that later. I, I don't, have, I don't have time
1: to excoriate you
0: on that. But let's talk about Crone in Colorado because I think he has a good shot to make it. Uh, Josh Fuentes is nothing that we need to really be excited about. It. at 28, you know, people were thinking that he would fill in at third. McMahon play first. Mm-hmm. Looks like McMahon jumps over to third. Crone can play first. You gotta feel like he could do some big damage out there in Colorado, yeah. right? Like I said, he's got 30 and 25 homer seasons, and if he'd gotten as many plate appearances in 2019 as he did in 18, he might have had another 30 homer season.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: a guy who's who's shown 30 homer capability a couple times, you feel like he could maybe hit another 30 or 35. Could he do more? What do you think about Crone in Colorado?
1: Well, what, if he makes the team, what does Colorado do for hitters?
0: Helps batting average.
1: Uh-huh. uh Raises their BABIP, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the years in which he's put up 300 BABIPs were 2014 and 2016. He had 256 and 278 in those two years. If Krug, you look...
0: I was going to say, he already has a decent average for a power mm-hmm. hit.
1: Yeah. To your point. And if you look at what the bat X has for him... In Colorado, it's a three oh four Babip and a two seventy four batting average, twenty eight home runs. I I I mean Yeah, I mean now here's the thing. Colorado could Colorado and just like aside from the fact that Colorado likes to bring in older guys to bring to um to kind of uh block their they're, younger talent they're going
0: to put Desmond ahead of him because yeah the they they, they could just do and something and
1: yeah 31. they could just do something extremely this is i mean the whole non-roster invite minor league deal thing yep. is the scary part because we could start drafting him uh you know much higher you know 100 yeah. picks higher than he was going um and end up finding out That like the day before the season, they send him down to the minors and he opts out of the contract. So, dude, if dude, I'll tell you
0: what, if they do that, I don't know if I have this power. I don't know, I can't say definitively, but if they do that, I'm contracting them as an organization. Do you think I have that power? Could I possibly get that done? I
1: mean, I will support you you in this decision for sure. If they do that, if
0: they play Ian Desmond. Or Josh Fuentes over CJ Crone, and there isn't any sort of injury reason, and he goes and has a perfectly capable spring training. He looks like the CJ Crone of the last few years. Then I'm contracting them. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Trevor Story fans. He'll have a new organization because that's come on, dude. They're like, you gotta just play Crone. You yeah. just gotta play. So at I, least I like just that
1: play him, build up his value, and then trade him. Like exactly, get sorry, some value out of this. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: flip him. To somewhere that needs uh you know a power guy and you know i know you're still pretty hot on dh coming mm-hmm. if it does then there's absolutely no reason that he wouldn't be a full And there player. was a rumor
1: yesterday that multiple NA, nl uh gms believe there will be a dh yes i don't know if you saw but, that one either
0: um how dare you you say i don't check twitter well i, I just know your power I was, was out little, no, no 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 i was a little behind but I tagged you in that. Oh, that's said, right. Justin Mason now a GM
1: in that's, the National League? That's my bad. Yeah, no, that's, that's my bad. I, uh, <laughs> that was
0: one of the things I did see. I did miss a bunch. I was I up till 3 a.m.
1: writing, so I'm, I'm a little, yeah, little see, frazzled. Yeah, I was the
0: other way. I was up all night with Sharp and then I finally started to get some sleep around like 7.38 in the morning. I basically dozed on and off throughout the day yesterday until late evening um, and into the night. So yeah, I was all over the map, and that's why I missed some of that key news you were talking about. But I did see that, and I was like, "Well, Justin Mason, I didn't know you were a na- National League GM." I hope you're right, by the way. I will let you do fifty-two billion uh, uh, victory laps on that because I don't—I don't even consider myself wrong if it—if it's wrong, because I want it to. I just—I'm just not as confident. But if you're right on that, dude, it would be great. We want it so badly, so I would love to see that come through. That would guarantee Krohn, in my opinion. And so keep an eye. Uh, You know, his price is going to shoot up. I I still think it's going to be affordable, though, even if it moves up. I mean, actually, could we do a quick check?
1: He was signed on the 15th. Oh, oh, he was signed when? The 15th. So
0: do 16 through 8 You're not going to get many drafts, but just do the last couple days, and let's see where he's going. And I'll look at later while you're doing
1: that. I'm going to do all the drafts because there isn't any. There's only been three drafts total in that time. So... Uh, but let's see he he's going 269
0: he went two thirteen to Ray flowers We were the thinking late. about him
1: at the, you know I literally put him in the queue and then Ray took him uh but like I could easily see him shooting up on you know to the two maybe in front of McMahon who's at 225 in the last three days.
0: Yeah, now, I don't know exactly when they do this. Is there anything where we would get, like, okay, I guess this would be the key. Because I don't know that they sign the guy before spring's over, right? I think they kind of do the non-roster thing until the end, and then they figure it out. But let's say that March 10th, the DH is locked in, right? Mm-hmm. It's Draft season it will have already kind of kicked into high gear once March hits the calendar. But there will still be a crap ton of drafts left. Where does he go there? If CJ, if they announce DH for the NL on March 10th, from the 11th through the end of the month, where does Crone go as a Rocky? If we just are, you know, and he's and not heard, we're assuming he has a good spring and everything. Where do you think he goes there?
1: If he has a good spring, then I think he's going probably about 175.
0: So that's like Christian Walker, Reese Hoskins, Hunter Dozier area, no?
1: Um, it's like yeah Reese Hoskins, Trey Mancini, Jared Walsh, Ryan Mountcastle area.
0: So even even over Walker yeah. and Dozier. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So I don't know that
1: I would take him over Walker. Um I wouldn't take him over Hoskins either. Um I like grown Depends on I, Hoskins I, health because if Hoskins healthy yep, 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 he's healthy. jumping up another 20. you know, it Hoskins a, starts going in the and Bell area. At 140,
0: uh, it, I think even higher. If mm-hmm. if Hoskins comes out, hits three homers in the first 12 games of spring, he's going Olson Rizzo area, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, he could. Yeah, he he easily could. He could pro- potentially jump up to like Mike Bustakis at 123. Yeah, Alec bomb yeah. 111. Um,
0: so yeah, we'll see some shifting there. So keep an eye on. If you like Krohn, you might want to get in some drafts now before it goes way too high mm-hmm. for you. Um, or if you just like him all the way throughout, you can keep buying him. But There is still a little bit of a discount to be had, but it's definitely on the way up. If you speculated in the offseason just thinking like, hey, this guy's too good not to get a job, good on you because he got a – well, he got a partial job at least. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on. Next up we have Matt Shoemaker going to Minnesota. And I'll tell you what, the very first thing I thought about this was – reunited and it feels so good with Angelton simmons mm-hmm. uh, because he had simmons out in la they've been together before what's shoemaker known for splitties and getting the ball on the ground yep and don't, and honestly i thought of simmons instantly don't forget josh donaldson's there too um and so the the whole left side you know as long as donaldson's healthy and doing his thing that's a great—you're not getting a single through those two. Uh, what do you think of Shoemaker here? I think this is a great gamble, and as much as I love Odorizzi, I think this is a reasonable Odorizzi replacement at a cheaper price.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, you know, got really unlucky, I think, in the home run to fly ball rate. I had like a 28.5% home run to fly ball uh, last year, so I think that accounts for some of the reasons why he— uh, why he struggled uh, so mightily. Uh, I love the defense behind him. You know, Donaldson at third, uh, Simmons at short, and Polanco should be decent enough at at second base for all those ground balls. I had already been drafting him late um, Mm -hmm. in drafts, uh, and I pulled the trigger this morning on him in another draft. It's actually a draft with Alex Chamberlain, uh, Sammy Reed, and Yancey. Uh, Eaten and we're like we're all on a text uh, thread together. Is that the one I I tried to get in? But the one you tried, tried to get into last in second? Yeah, I missed it. And all four of us are drafting right next to each other. Oh, I um, love that. And so like I put myself on auto this morning and I was going to be picking before all of them and. I told them don't worry about putting the cobbler in your queue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you and getting them. So you yeah. can
0: save a spot in the queue for somebody else. No, I like I said, I really like this move here. Um, you know, Barrios Maeda, obviously a nice one two punch at the top, but then Pineda, hap, hap and shoemaker is a nice three, four, five there that can definitely give them some innings. Dobnek not a bad six. I'd still like to see one more capable arm either signed there or 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 developed through uh through like a Lewis Thorpe or a Smeltzer. you know, somebody to give them a little bit more mm-hmm. uh backup there because they've all a lot of these guys have had issues. Uh, Pineda mm-hmm. and Shoemaker specifically, but even Maeda's had a few bumps and bruises. Uh Brios and Hap are pretty pretty solid, but Happ's mm-hmm. also 38 too. But I like what Minnesota's done. They have not had a flashy offseason, but they re-signed Cruz. Um they they bring in they bring in uh Matt with uh Matt Wis- no no Matt Wisler got signed out. They actually yeah. did lose some bullpen pieces, but I like getting Shoemaker here. This allows them to
1: let Dobnak kind of be the follower on like Hap or even on Shoemaker. Uh, And so like Dobnak, like completely different skill set than Tyler Molly was last year, but same kind of draft strategy where, you know, he could find himself in the rotation, but if he doesn't, he's probably the first man up on guys like Hap and Shoemaker who they may not want to push deep into games
0: agreed and uh, they did lose May and Whistler in the bullpen but Mm -hmm. replaced them with Colomay and Robles which is not bad those two could reasonably emulate what Whistler and May did last year so good, good move there with Matt Shoemaker Kevin Pillar signs with the Mets and I'll tell you what one thing I like if I'm a Mets fan with this offseason you know we got the whole Mets gonna Mets which listen if you're tired about tired of it uh, they got to do something because it does always seem to come to fruition, right? Every time something's going right for them, something goes the other way to, to bring out the old Mets, gonna Mets trope. But one thing I really like here, they didn't just go for big, flashy moves. Like they didn't just go Lindor Carrasco and say, hey, we did something big, shut your holes and come mm-hmm. come support our team. They're making a lot of strong moves here with depth. VR, Almora, and Polar for depth. Yeah, that's a hell of a bench, dude. Any three of them could start, particularly Villar, uh, VR and P- P- I, saying those two names back to back is very good. <laughs> you want to say them as a rhyme, but they're not, you know, it's not, it's not Villar and Pillar. It's not, uh, VR and PR, it's VR and Pilar. Uh, but they, those two could start for any amount of time and you're not dead. Yeah. You know, if, if someone goes down for a month and they got to go in, that's not so bad. Elamora, not so much. I, I loved him coming up, but he just hasn't shown anything more than. But like he's a good defensively. Out, so. He'll he'll
1: yeah. be that defensive replacement, uh, late or in games. Dom. Yeah. Well, I Dom. Yeah, I still think they're like I said. DH, I think, I still know, coming. I hope you're right. Um, on. That's
0: the one I hope you're right on the most. By the way, I love Dom Smith. And I just don't want him in the outfield there losing that last at-bat every game or possibly getting hurt or anything like that. I just want him to be able to play every day. Play first base, by the way, because he's a better first baseman mm-hmm. than Alonzo and let Alonzo DH. But yeah, I hear you. But Pilar, I thought, was a great pickup yeah. for depth there. And he can even platoon a little bit with Nemo.
1: Yeah, I hope
0: he does I know you platoon. don't love. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I, I know. But uh, hey sometimes it's not bad to have your guy platooning mm-hmm. if they're really bad against one side because yeah you're losing some of that volume but you're also losing the bad numbers that come with it yeah now, that's fair. i'm not sure that that's the case for for nimmo specifically because i don't think he he's not wretched against lefties and he's still others so he, yeah that, that save him you're right which leads to runs though mm-hmm. so there is still some fantasy value there but the, it, there is nothing else he has 22 rbis in 319-point appearances against lefties uh, compared to 38 runs. That's a huge disparity. Five stolen bases, seven homers. There's just not much else that you're missing there. But I you know I know you're big on Nimmo, so you don't love that. Mm-hmm. But I don't even think it's going to be a straight platoon. I think Nimmo will get some ops against lefties to see if he can kind of improve there. And Pilar will, will fit himself in here and there uh, for Smith as well if the DH doesn't come to fruition. But I thought that was a solid little move um, for the Mets. I just wanted to bring it up. He's not super fantasy viable, except in like NL only. Is he somebody you would look at in NL tout?
1: Oh, well, I'm no longer in NL tout. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm uh-huh. sorry to be that up. <laughs> no, it's alright. I'm going to move to the mixed, uh, the mixed tout. Uh, definitely would have been someone I would have thought about in NL tout, uh, just because you're, you're drafting everybody in a 12-team yeah, NL everyone. league. Uh, so, but... You know, especially a
0: reserve in the mix for I, you?
1: I don't think he's a reserve. No, I don't think he's a reserve in the mix. Not quite, right? No. Yeah, I think he's a pickup yeah. off the waiver wire if someone goes down with an injury. Which, there are great guys on this team that have been injured in the past. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, he, he definitely has a chance for a path of playing time. It also would not surprise me if he doesn't get to 300 plate appearances. So, I Totally agree.
0: Honestly, I think that's what they would prefer, right? Because that mm-hmm. means they stayed healthy, and yep. things went well, and he was kind of a bit player for them. He could have one of those things where his games played doesn't really match his uh, uh, plate appearances because he comes in as a defensive replacement but doesn't get to bat type of deal. We could see that for for Pilar, but um, solid move. I like it as a real baseball move for the Mets. And then the last move I'm definitely including because it's your ball club. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure how fantasy viable he can be, although... If you want to talk about another guy I've been a sucker with, we brought up Michael mm-hmm. Franco earlier. I've been on the Aaron Sanchez train for way too long too. And I got to be honest, your boys, your Giants are one of those teams that when they sign somebody, I'm inherently interested, not just because of the park, but because of how well they seem to have cultivated pitching, both yeah. internally and bringing guys in from outside and, and getting the best out of them. So Sanchez, uh, he remember when he went to Houston, that that drummed up a lot of excitement with good reason because of what they're able to do. He did a few, you know, he had a, like a couple good starts. He had four starts. I think two were good, two were bad. Uh, but then he goes down with TJ. So he missed all of 20, uh, recovering. And now he comes back 21 here. What are your expectations for Aaron Sanchez as like your fifth, sixth starter there for San Francisco?
1: Uh, I mean, supposedly he looks really good hitting 94 to 96 on the fastball. Let's go. Um, this has like Drew Smiley-esque you know, bounce vibes. back. Yep. Uh, they'll definitely limit him in terms of how deep they let him go into games. Especially so, early. Uh, he's not likely. He's going to be a lot like Smiley, where Smiley didn't get a decision in any game until <laughs> the last game of the season. <laughs> last he year, like
0: four plus, like four plus? He was just on like the four inning
1: beat for yeah. a minute.
0: But he was getting so many strikeouts that he was still fantasy viable. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think you could get that. I mean, when he is on, uh, he is... Absol- I mean he'll strike out a ton of guys. We saw it in 2019, uh, in some of those kind of in some of those starts with Toronto and then with Houston, where you know struck out ten against Tampa Bay in five and two thirds. You know struck out six mm-hmm. and six against Seattle. So I think he, he the stuff has never been the issue. It's been health and if he can command the stuff. So I'm willing to take the gamble. It's a you know San Francisco is a good place to pitch. Uh, they have done really well recently with some reclamation projects. Uh, like currently, I am in the thirty-fifth uh, round of my DC, um, and I will probably take him as just a Next. dart throw in the thirty-six once it goes around the turn. Uh, Yeah,
0: I I don't mind that. I think once you get to that that level there in a draft and hold, I do think that Aaron Sanchez becomes viable for sure. Yeah. Because you're trying to spike that upside. And if you got got a full season of what Smiley was able to do, even if it was a lot of four-plus innings, outings, and then a few fives and sixes sprinkled in, I think you'd take that, especially if the Ks – jumped up mm-hmm. that's the one thing that he doesn't have that that smiley does he hasn't shown that k potential but he does have nasty stuff mm-hmm. so i'm eager to see what happens with sanchez i'm still rooting for him, man he's he's only gonna be 28 years old and you know i've talked about it a million times the two guys i talked about were taiwan walker and uh jerks profar specifically but sanchez is another and there's a handful of others out there these under 30 guys that all teams should have been interested in, particularly the middle and bottom teams, because they were free agents that you could feasibly see developing into something more. They weren't just some 33-year-old, you know, one-year try. They're guys that have shown something in the past that could still be something substantial if they broke out with you. So good move there. I think you guys have had a, a solid offseason. It's obviously a yeah. very difficult division with the uh, with the two mega teams at the top. But I don't see any reason y'all couldn't finish third with like a decent season too. not just third mm-hmm. by default, but third as a team, you know, that you're not, you're not going into San Francisco and getting three easy ones. I'll say that. Yeah. Right. I, I think you feel that way too. I you do know, too. if it, if it lines up, you know, Gosman, Cueto and, and Alex Wood solid lineup. They do a lot of platooning the bullpen added some pieces. So, uh, the aforementioned Matt Whistler, as well as uh, Jake McGee. So yeah, so the, solid the, move
1: there. The problem is they could, be an 80-win team, and finish behind second place by 30 games.
0: I I was going to say 20. I love that you said 30. That's (laughs) hilarious.
1: Like, the Dodgers and the Padres could each win 100-plus games. The
0: Rockies and D-backs match their 2020 win totals, except they play all 162 Mm -hmm. this year.
1: Like, uh, it, it is... Like don't get me wrong, I'm really excited to watch both the Dodgers and the Padres play as much as I hate the Dodgers as a as a Giants fan, but like if I'm either of those other three teams, like I'm just looking at this and going, "Well, let's just keep rebuilding because it's going to yeah, be you're a kind while." You shrug
0: emoji, right? Like, 14-year
1: uh, contract. 14
0: I, I didn't even mention that by like it's not uh, super fantasy
1: relevant. I'm going to be 50. I dude, my dude. my 10-year-old is going to be 24. Like a real, a real person. Yeah. My two-year-old's well, going to be getting her driver's license.
0: Yeah, my niece will be able to drink by then.
1: It's unbelievable. That's, that's insane.
0: That's insane. Great great move there by San Diego, by the way. Um, I do like that. Like I said, it's How super How much is Juan
1: Soto salivating right now? Dude. I
0: mean, he, he's got to get something very similar, right? I don't know if he gets more because he... Where, where his hitting is better, he's, his defensive value is less. But I think it might balance out to something damn near the same, right?
1: Well, especially considering Serger's contract comes off the books after this year. Yeah. They're going to have money to spend, and they don't want him to hit free agency. God, no. Yeah. God, no.
0: Lock him up, get him Get him situated, make Juan Soto an eternal gnat uh, an, an there. I think that's what they would definitely want to do because he's just – he's so absurd. But, yeah, good – Good ups on Tatis. That's a hell of a deal. It's, it, I know it's early in his career, but like you look and it's like, outside of injury, where does where this miss? Right? It, it's hard to see that he mm-hmm. would fall apart statistically, especially as long know, as he's there,
1: yeah healthy. I think he's yeah. you know an elite and, player. And
0: I'm sure he'll have an injured season or two of, over the course of 14 years. You know, just as Trout's had a few injuries here, and yet he's been worth every nickel. Um, Especially when you look at what he did Even, short season, I admit 59 games, but he improved both the strikeout and walk rates the, the only two things that people had against Tatis going into 20 was that his Babbitt was too high. And with that strikeout rate, um, you know, what's going to happen when it comes down, it came down, but he, he lowered the strikeout rate. And yes, his his batting average came down 40 points, but to a still perfectly reasonable two seventy seven power speed was still dynamic. He boosted the walk rate three points up to eleven percent. I mean, the sky's the limit for this guy. And I know he signed a huge deal after 143 games, but they he, see the value in him and I, I don't think they're gonna miss here.
1: I don't think so either. I mean the AAV is only twenty four million. I mean in twenty I mean twenty four million is a crap ton of money, but, but it's not like there-
0: yeah. Bauer's getting what forty this year, which I, yeah. I I don't think is out of bounds for him either, because it's a short- term deal. I, i'm not I'm not shading that deal. But like you're right to say only twenty four. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that is reasonable to say when you consider that, you know, a lot of these stars now are, are getting thirty plus. It's still only twenty-four on their books right now toward the luxury tax. And you can build around that and continue to put pieces there. They're doing a lot of great things in San Diego. So good uh, big ups to him. He's also the cover on uh on MLB the show this year. So they've been doing a lot of marketing with him. And I think he's a natural for that stuff too. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people talk about three hundred and forty. Um, it's just the beginning as far as other money that he can make. And I know that baseball players don't get to don't get as much in endorsements as like basketball and football players, but he's still going to yeah, make some extra cheats right. there too. And, you know, you're talking Maybe about. Maybe i
1: make a music video like Yohan Juan, Moncada uh, Juan did.
0: Hey, I'm here for it. I'm here for anything Tatis wants to do that's on the positive end. I, I, I love that guy. I mean, he's so fun to watch. So, And I'm with you too. I want to watch Dodgers and Padres all day long, Ugh. and I have no allegiance to either of them. And I know, like you said, you hate one of the teams, and you still want to watch them mm-hmm. because of how much amazing talent they're putting out on the field there. Um, all right. That's it for our transactions. Got a little bit of starting pitcher stuff to talk. We're not going to go too crazy because we are bumping up on an hour already. But there are a few things I want to get into as we move deeper in. I think we'll do one more big episode of pitching and then kind of cap it there and move on to relievers as we're starting to get some clarity in that market. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we got four questions today, four little prompts. Uh, We're going to start with just one, just a simple question, because he's going kind of high relative to what I thought. Is Eliezer Hernandez legit? Is he he legit, and I'll say legit from a fantasy standpoint, is he an all-formats guy that you want to start, I I was going to say in all of your leagues, but that was redundant. Is he an all-formats kind of guy, Eliezer Hernandez, after uh, a solid age 25 season as far as the skills uh, and results, 316 ERA, 101 whip, but it was for 25 and two-thirds. Is he the forgotten Marlin there behind 6-0 and Alcantara? Do you like uh, Eliezer here?
1: I don't. Um, I'm concerned about how hard he gets hit when people do make contact. I'm concerned about that he's a two pitch guy. Um, I think he profiles better in the bullpen as a really really good arm in the bullpen. I could see that.
0: I, I could I could certainly see that. But two thirty three ADP is not what people are not looking for a bullpen arm at that point They're, they're thinking that they're getting something big so where's the disconnect there on his draft price Versus what you're seeing, you mentioned the two pitch thing, and you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. He did have a changeup that was a legit third pitch in terms of usage in eighteen and nineteen, at fifteen and eleven percent respectively. But he then cut, cut that to six percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if you do anything under ten percent, it goes into the show me category, which means you're throwing it maybe a couple times a start, and you're probably having some starts where you don't even throw it. And like so go over
1: him- to go over to um, Baseball Savant and look at the heat map for that changeup. And see how like what percentage of that six percent was something no hitter was ever going to swing at, other than like if I was up to bat. (laughs) Yeah, we would
0: we would swing at it. I mean, he went in the fourteenth round, and I don't say this to to bash Fred at all because, like I said, the ADP is up there. But I'm wondering, you know, he's a guy that I haven't done a full deep dive on, so that I'm not shading the pick. I just don't know. Is he just getting picked up by, like, a Marlins love fest with Sixto and Alcantara?
1: I think this is small sample stuff. Like, people are looking at the small sample numbers and going, ooh, 316 ERA. The walk rate was pretty damn uh, elite. Uh, And so was the strikeout rate, 32%. You
0: know what they're saying? You're right. They're saying that because it – it looks like it builds on 2019 mm-hmm. when he had 24% Ks, 7% walks. Like, look, it, he improved on both. Yeah, it's a small sample, but his VO went up a tick. But you know the category that I'm coming back to was something that you mentioned, a manifesting. You said how hard he gets hit when he does get hit. Yeah. 1.8 homers after 2.2 mm-hmm. the year before and 1.5 the year before that. Dude's a home run machine, so if he's not keeping guys off base via the walk, he could be in deep trouble. Eliezer Hernandez, man. So I I do have some nerves about that and no sign of that third pitch. Because like you said, the changeup, even when he does throw it, not particularly special.
1: Mm-hmm. So what are
0: we doing there third pitch wise? I know this is kind of a caveat we throw out there all the time. If he shows up on Jason's list with a new third pitch or a refined changeup, does that change your it does. interest at all? I
1: would okay. be very interested. But I mean like two like, what we were talking about in terms of, like, like the exit velocity. Obviously, very, 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 very small sample size. Exit velocity on the changeup was 100 miles an hour.
0: Yeesh, his overall exit velo. And which... he, only
1: threw, he only threw two changeups to right-handed hitters last year.
0: So, yeah, I mean, you're talking two-pitch guy to most... Uh, most batters 92 92 mile per hour exit vehicle was bottom three percent last year for eliezer so he was putting up those good numbers around getting smacked mm-hmm. around it's because he had an 86 percent left on base rate so when he did allow guys on he was finding a way to get out of it which credit to him that's good but it's hard to bet on that long term
1: the slider so, is amazing it's great pitch and uh, the fastball from is it's average not, it's not,
0: yeah it's not particularly fast but for what it is it's not bad but he needs that third pitch.
1: Yeah, and until I, I see really that third much. pitch, I'm just not going to pay the price. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's too many guys going around him that are really, really interesting to me. In you know, James Paxton who just signed. You've mm-hmm. you know you've got uh, Nate Pearson right there. You've got uh, a lot of a lot of closers. Uh, Kwan Young Kim, um, you know, who's really interesting to me. I just, I'm not going to pay the price on him unless I see, like if he starts throwing a changeup a lot, you know, or or talks about even wanting to throw the changeup more, or yeah, a third pitch comes, a different third pitch comes into play, I'll start getting interested because that, I think that slider can be elite at times. I think the fastball is good enough, uh, especially to play off of it. So Mm -hmm. it just, yeah, until that, I mean, this this has a lot, like, like is eerily similar to like to Nelson So like, yep. I think what we saw was what we saw with Lumet that that two pitch or one and a half pitch Lamet has works really well in a short sample, but over the course of 162 games, you know, 30 starts, I just don't know that it's going to work unless something changes.
0: And, and it seems like, you know, when he does get predictable and gets hit, it's mm-hmm. boomtown for Eliezer with Hernandez with that home run rate. So we have to be careful. I do think the price is a little high and even on the the rankings that you'll see on the site that I have, I have him at 77. He's already moved down just from other studying that I've done and move, maneuvered other guys even before our talk. I was already inching him down. I might move him down another couple of ticks. I just it's a little it's a little treacherous for. Him. I'm not going to I'm not going to plummet him from 77. I'm talking probably like 77 to 87, 88, you know, a 10-spot drop, but a drop nonetheless. I, I got to move him down a little bit there. I don't like that ADP. Nate Pearson, uh, I, I still have the uh, since, um, hang on, what's this since? I have the last calendar month up, and the mm-hmm. guys around him are uh, Nate Pearson, Chris Sale, John Means, Nathan Ivaldi. And I think I'm taking all of them except Sale.
1: Yeah, I, I ranked Hernandez 100. at 100.
0: I think that's probably more
1: fair. Yeah. And I mean, I could easily move him up, you know, in front of maybe guys like Taiwan Walker, who doesn't have a team, Eduardo Rodriguez, who I'm really scared about what his, you know, whether, you know, what he's going to look like when he does pitch it. Domingo Herman, who doesn't necessarily have a concrete role quite yet. But like guys like, uh, you know, AJ Puck, who reportedly looks fantastic. (laughs) right uh, now you know i've got an 88 he's gonna move up
0: um, and you really okay i had him 138 kind of doing the wait and see he, he's already moved up mm-hmm. just on the news you're talking about i, I moved him up uh, the other day but that the new one hasn't dropped yet but uh, man 88 you already put it out there i respect that already yeah, i've out. already
1: got a lot of puck and
0: you, even if he starts in the
1: bullpen like i'm okay with that like he'll he'll move into you know that rotation is not set in stone with the guys they've got there in oakland
0: and I think he's dynamic enough to um to do damage even as as just a reliever. Mm-hmm. And I it it's so hard. It's so hard to avoid the hater comps because he looks just like him. Mm-hmm. They have the same hair. Like <laughs> the hair does most of the work there on that on that look alike comp. They don't look that similar in the face, but that as long hair, as they don't have
1: the same tweets.
0: Well, yeah. Uh but <laughs> flamethrowing lefty you know with long hair, AJ Puck's got it.
1: Oh yeah! They're, they're if, what, if he's he healthy, do, and and it seems like right now he is, he's a G. I,
0: it, I like that. I, I moved
1: him. We took him I in. Him we up. took him in labor also, like so. Which
0: I which I absolutely love. I already moved him up to 102 and I'm thinking on on the heels of of this chat, he may go up even even another bit. You mm-hmm. got me excited. You got me excited. All right, moving on from Eliezer and Puck, um, soft tosser extraordinaire that you would prefer, Kwang Young Kim from the Cardinals, or Zach Davies, now a division mate, or once again a division mate, I should say, because he was with Milwaukee, then went to San Diego. Now he's with the Cubs. And he had a brilliant season um, in, in the shortened effort there. He goes to the Cubs in the U Darvish deal. Which of those two uh, soft soft tossing guys would you be more apt to roster? Zach Davies, Kwang Young Kim.
1: It's, oh. I'm making you pick one. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure like I have them like right near each other in my ranks. I've
0: got them 75 for Davies and 82 for Kim, basically. I've got
1: yeah, I've got Kim at 64 say. and Davies at 74.
0: Okay, yeah, 10 spots at this level, these are globs and mm-hmm. they're not 10 spots is just not that big of a deal when you get down here.
1: I think and I would be interested in either or both. Uh, maybe not both depending on, you know, what the, my, but I mean this, you know, what Kim did last year is very like Kyle Hendricks light mm-hmm. and, uh, you well, know, Davies I think was even more yeah, Hen- yeah.
0: Hendricksian, Um mm-hmm.
1: uh, I just worried about him right going that. to Chicago.
0: That's fair. I, I will say with Kim, you know, he had the, the great results, but the underlying skills were are tough to swallow. He was doing a, that 217 BABIP and 87% left on base rate. We're doing a lot of work for him there with only a 16% strikeout rate and only a 7% swing strikes to get behind it. Uh, Davies, 23% strikeout rate, mm-hmm. 10% swings um 273 era 107 you know he was great and he had a little bit of backing behind him there also a good 249 babbitt and 78 percent left on base don't get me wrong there but i thought what he did was a little bit more bankable mm-hmm. i could do one of them on a roster though otherwise i think my i would have to be pretty overloaded on flamethrowers like uh like nate pearson types yeah. to want to roster
1: both but and it's hard one. because I like Marco Gonzalez. I really exactly. like Kyle Hendricks. Like so Hendricks. you can't yeah. you can't put all of these guys on the same roster.
0: Yeah, you can't. And I'm I'm more apt to get one of those two, Hendricks or Gonzalez, mm-hmm. which means I would be out on these two. But it, 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 so you said you have Kim a little bit higher, right? He, he was he had yeah yeah I, I, yeah
1: I've got him ten spots higher. That may be a bit aggressive, but I do, like I said I do believe in a lot of what he did. His FIP was 388. Um, his uh, uh xera was three eighty one. So like, and that's kind of where I think he's gonna be. He's gonna be a guy that, you know, mid to high, uh, threes era, um, you know, with. I mean, his whip's not gonna repeat at one hundred three for sure. No, uh, he's not with a fifty percent ground ball rate. But that defense behind him is pretty darn good with Arenado, DeYoung, Edmund.
0: And, and being able to get a good whip, that's kind of the calling card of mm-hmm. Kim and Davies, right? You're exchanging that that K drop. You know, peak Robbie Ray pairs well with one of these guys, yeah. right? You smash mm-hmm. those two together, and it can be, well, maybe not this year, 400 innings, but but call it 300 innings of a damn fine pitcher when you take the pluses of each and put them together. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff that you're looking at there late in your draft if you're doing it. Um what do you think of of the supporting cast in Chicago? Do you think the Cubs are a contender?
1: I don't. And I think they're gonna I think they're gonna sell. I mean, you look at that team and I believe uh Baez, Rizzo, and Brian are all free agents at the end of the year.
0: Correct. Do you think that they sell Bryant before the season or has that ship sailed and now it's going to be an in-season deal
1: i know i think it could still happen i still to like this. to
0: see washington do it that'd be great uh, but you're right I, I could see a total
1: washington atlanta yeah
0: um, i could see a breakdown there where they start selling off pieces though um and i was already s- suspect on them last year and i was wrong they won the division mm-hmm. in the two months but Not to hedge, even though it's going to sound exactly like a hedge. I think if you go the full six months, I start to look a little bit more right because they were always starting to show the flaws of their pitching where it was Uh really just – for me, they were were Hendricks, Darvish, and then a bunch of flotsam, and then their bullpen I thought was legitimately bad. And for the two months – that was not the case. The the back end of the rotation held up, and the bullpen was even uh, decent enough. They still have star power offensively. The three guys you mentioned, Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez, Contreras, and Hap. that's a five-pack that anybody would take. Jock Peterson's great against righties. Uh, Nico Horner looks like a solid prospect. Jason Hayward, but at least a league average hitter with premium defense. That's a good lineup. That alone should keep them in the, what, low 80s win count? Mm-hmm. but I think that the cards Brewers and Reds are all better personally
1: because the Reds I, I ha-
0: haven't moved anybody
1: I uh, I do too I mean I, like I've said before like I don't know that the Reds will keep everybody but as the team is currently struck constructed I think they are um I think the Reds are better I think the Reds and the Cubs are both in an interesting position where the early season may dictate what they do. agreed Agreed. you know where if if they start april and may and they're already five seven games back of the cardinals the brewers or you know any team that could emerge um,
0: with with trouble around it too mm -hmm. right like a big injury a couple guys underperforming that don't that that don't look like they're going to get out of it uh yeah i think you could start just because they both have age on their squads that could be traded for something big. You, they were already talking about Gray and Castillo. Um, you got Castellanos, Suarez, Moose, you know, and then all those Cubs guys we talked about, none of them are spring chickens. I, they're not ancient, but they're old in terms of like setting a foundation for the next five, six years, plus they're free agents in, in the Cubs case. So I'm with you there. So I think if, if there's a soft factor kind of making the, the 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 decision there for me, I think it leans toward Kim. Mm-hmm. And, and having you have them uh, split there the way you did with Kim on top is making me reconsider. And I'm, I'm moving them closer, and I'm actually going to have Kim right on top of Davies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, you have you have swayed me on that. I had them just five spots apart. Now it's going to be one spot apart with Kim on top of Davies. So yeah. I like Seems that. Right. All right. Next one. This is, this is in a similar vein to Eliezer Hernandez in, in terms of it just being kind of a straightforward question. But I'm asking it because I think this guy gets a lot of, um, like a lot of hype around his name because he was a first-round pick, he was a big prospect. But is there more to Sean Maniah or is he just kind of a a solid mid-rotation guy, which is fine, and he goes as as such. But is there more? He's still just 29. Um, he hasn't been healthy for the last couple of years. He's shown some flashes. I guess he was healthy last year. It's mm-hmm. just you see 54 innings, you instantly say not healthy. But that constituted a healthy season last year. But he was coming off of a 30-inning season the year before. Uh, 160 is his max. Is there more? Can he be a 30-plus-something starter? Maybe not. The, this is probably not the best year to ask that because a lot <laughs> of guys won't be. But is, can he you know, be a low 3s ERA with a good whip? And is there more to his strikeout rate is probably the biggest question of all. Do you see more to Sean Maniah? Or is this who he is, which is solid but not game-changing?
1: I think there is more. The problem is this is one of those players where we've seen flashes in different areas of his profile, but he's never been able to put it all together, and that may be Mm injury-related. And so while I do think there is the potential that everything comes together uh, at some point, I just I'm I'm not I have to see it first. I I, no I hear you. We we saw what a 27 percent strikeout rate in 2019, but then he got hurt. Um, Didn't he have like a no hitter? Yeah, yeah. Boston. That's right.
0: You know, before they started to go the other way too. So like that was that was high impact to go no hit
1: Boston. The problem I think, or or I think he did it in.
0: Oakland but doesn't matter continue
1: I'm sorry I think the problem with him has been health which you know I mean absolutely you know he he has good mechanics um but he's just his body has not been able to hold up and I think this dates back to Indiana State by
0: the way sorry mm -hmm. to interrupt but but you mentioned the health it 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 dates all the way back to his college days and it's why he went 34th instead of possibly top 10 like there was there was a lot of heat on him but then injury struck and they've they've been there forever now Mm mm-hmm
1: And, I mean, we've seen, even, like, in his bad seasons, they've never, like, been atrocious. Like, he's a guy who doesn't walk a lot of guys. He, you know, keeps the ball in the yard. He has strikeout potential. It's just, it's never all come together in one season where he's been able to stay healthy. And, unfortunately, I think we started to see it in 2019, and then, uh, obviously, the injuries struck. And it wasn't quite back to himself last year. But he pitched you know, in spite of the 450 ERA, like the FIP and xFIP were like 37. Yeah, um, no, it was
0: it, it was solid. Mm-hmm. A full season that goes the six month distance. If he had stayed healthy, I think Mania would have gotten back on track and maybe been like a solid 370 ERA kind of guy. Mm-hmm.
1: He's probably a bit underrated. It's just uh, there's other injury risk pitchers I'd rather take the shot on than Minaya.
0: And I think that's fair too. Um and you know, I, I had him much higher uh, in like my very initial ranking, all the way way back when in uh, in September when I was starting to do it. I've slowly moved him down. I got him 84th right now, right right near those last two guys that we discussed. I wonder. I think I might be inclined to take him over those two guys. I think I would take Manaya over Kim and Davies, so he might be due for a little bump. Where where do you have Manaya
1: I have him at 81. Okay, and I I wouldn't take him over. Those guys. I know he's sexier and the potential's higher, but I I want innings, and I just don't feel comfortable. Like, if I'm going to take a shot on an injurious guy, give me Nathan Eovaldi going 14 picks before him. Well, that I totally agree with. You You know? You know, you don't have to twist my arm. Give me Brady Singer going 20 picks ahead of him. Hey,
0: hey, that... Did you just find a new segue? Did you just get on a mm-hmm. segue here and zip on over? Not on purpose, because I'm not
1: looking at our show. show I love <laughs> an
0: incidental segue. In fact, I love that even more. And that does deliver one right there. So that's Mania. Uh We're going to go to our last topic here. Best... Kansas City Royal fantasy investment between the aforementioned Brady Singer, the return of Mike Minor, and Brad Keller. Now Brad Keller goes a bit later than them, so you can factor in the price if you want, but let's put these three KC guys up together and let me know who you like best there. You mentioned that you would you like Singer at that cost. Do you like him more than the other two?
1: I do. Uh and this is one of those cases of a guy that I wasn't necessarily that excited about coming into draft season. Uh, but because other people that I trust in the industry, and I'm trying to figure out who wrote the article. I want to say it was Michael Hedo over at uh, Pitcherless. Um, That'd be I, worth
0: paying attention to, I agree.
1: I'm, I'm trying to find it, and I'll, I'll I'll try to find it. and it, I'll retweet it once I find it, so you'll have Perfect. to go to my Twitter. Um, but Singer is really, really, really interesting and uh, reminds me a lot of what the Indians have done with their pitching staff in terms of taking guys with really good command and allowing them to locate, especially within the zone to kind of play up, maybe not overpowering stuff. Yep. You know, and he's never going to be a league winner. Like I don't think he's ever going to turn into this guy who strikes out 28 percent of the batters and uh, you know with the great command but like i think he can be a guy who's like a 24 percent strikeout rate with a really really good whip um and uh and 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 can volume a little bit and so i really like brady singer i Put him too low in my initial ranks, um, and I need to move him up. I, I had him at 76. He's going to move up into that, like, Kwang Young-Kim area of 64, maybe even higher than that. Uh, we took him in labor. You know, I, I
0: loved it. When I saw that you guys had taken him, I, I was really keen on that, and so I thought that was a good move there. Definitely would have signed off on that when you took him as well. So I'm I'm with you on Singer. I thought, you know, he and uh, Chris Bubich were kind of surprise call-ups this year, especially from a team like KC. Like, whoa, they're you know they're going down. They're getting their 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 young arms here to see what they can do. Uh, both were called up from Double A. No, Bubich had, had only reached high A, but uh, Singer had only pitched 91 innings at double A. He gets the call. He held his own completely. And I know the Central was easier, but part of it was KC, mm-hmm. and he didn't get to face them. So, you know, he, mm-hmm. he it was still an easier division, uh, mega division there for sure, but not as easy as some of these other guys that were discounting a little bit. And I agree. I thought he did really well with uh with his time up and i'm excited to see what he can do i would like to see yep there you go took the words out of my mouth and and if that comes to fruition though he's only 24 he does have a show me change right now if he figures that out i really do think there's a another level here where he can just be one of those sneak guys that kind of sits in the like top 40 top 50 of starters with a High threes ERA, but a really good whip and a decent strikeout rate. And then we'll see how the wins develop over the coming years. This year, I don't think there'll be anything special. But I think KC's actually turning the corner a bit, too. I think that's that mega central, you know, it was combined ALNL. I think the AL central portion of it, they're going to start turning the other way here. Now, Cleveland, obviously, they're a wild card because they've got all that pitching talent. But who knows what they're doing with their lineup and their cheapness. But the Tigers and Royals are on the come up. White Sox are already have made their come up. Twins are already established. I think that that division is going to be a lot tougher here in, in the next two to four years, mm-hmm. uh, because of KC and Detroit. I think Brady Singer has a chance to be a solid part of that. So I, I like him. What about it? it was
1: head? it was Michael Hedo over uh, pitcher list? Yeah, okay. and I'm I'm retweeting the article right now. So there you go. People can go through my timeline and find it.
0: Boom. Um, what about? Minor and Keller. I, I like the minor Pickup. I thought it was really smart to bring Him back. They, they helped him kind of Re-break out Signing him off of injury as a reliever He was excellent for them in 2017 That was after missing two full Seasons. Um, he didn't pitch At all in the majors in 15 and 16 I think he might have pitched a little mi- Yeah, minor leagues in, uh, in 16 So I think it was one of those Two-year deals that we've seen I think uh, who just signed one of those was it who was it someone i can't remember doesn't matter just signed one of those deals where it's like hey that first year they're just going to be rehabbing with the t- with the team and they're hoping to turn it into something that second year that's what happened with minor he goes on to um, texas to have two really solid seasons was a little bumpy last year but actually rebounded skills wise with oakland i think Miner's kind of sneaky this year i like him too i like singer more but I really I really do like actually I have Minor ranked higher. I think I like Minor a little bit more. I think he's got an opportunity to to have a hell of a season there with the Royals.
1: I think? I think I overweighted 2020 a bit too much on on Minor. Um it happened. I didn't rank him in my top one hundred um or top one twenty five. That was a mistake. I will definitely be moving him into that uh into that area. Likely somewhere in the 80s or 90s
0: i could get behind that i have a bit higher but I, I don't i don't think that's completely out of bounds
1: i definitely um, want to see what his velocity is uh in spring because i mean the big difference between all of his you know the 2017 through 2019 when he was pretty darn good and 2020 was two miles an hour missing on his fastball velocity
0: two ticks is big you know what yeah. i would love and you never know with these kinds of things some guys just that's not what they do or anything like that but i wonder if he's a, if he's a teaching type and mm-hmm. if he could help singer learn that change up because he's got a pretty good change up mike minor does and you know again i don't know not everyone is like adam wainwright where they take guys under their wing and do all that sort of stuff but if he is that type of guy he could also be a benefit to the to the Royals in that respect as kind of the the veteran 33 years old, teaching some of the young guys a thing or two, including a changeup. Um, and that'd be huge for singer. So I like minor, you're going to move him up, respect it. And then what about Keller? Uh, the lowest of the three by ADP by, by quite a bit, uh, you know, sinker ball extraordinaire, you know, he shows flashes here and there. Is there more to that game there? Uh, we got, I think we, both have him third of this group just because he mm-hmm. just doesn't strike guys out. It's not his goal, though. He does. He's not interested. He's a ground ball, sinker ball kind of guy, keeps the ball in the yard. Can he be a fantasy viable guy across mixed league formats, though, just on that? Can he have a good enough ERA and whip like he did in 2020, tiny tiny sample, Um, to, to get there? Or is he always just going to be at the mercy of his Babbitt because he strikes out 17% of his batters?
1: I think he is going to be at the mercy of his Babbitt.
0: Brad Keller, um, by the way, just to refresh, sorry.
1: And I I, I ranked him 104. Yep. Uh, and he'll move up a little bit too, um, but not nearly as much. At, like, Minor will jump him. He gives up so much contacts, especially in the zone. And I know he hasn't – like, it's a skill that he doesn't give up home runs. Like, I'm, I'm not For saying sure. it's not. He, you it's know, the he, heavy ball. Yeah, 53% ground ball rate, and this is a guy, you know, we'll we'll talk a lot about guys who are going to be hurt by, um, you know, hitters that are going to be hurt by the uh, dead and ball. This is a guy that will profit even more off of it. Uh, But it's just these guys like Keller, even guys like Davies and Kim, uh, you know, and if you start going up like Zach Plesak and, Uh, Hendricks like their margin for error is so much smaller um, for sure because they're they're so reliant on the command and control that you have to be careful about which guys you're willing to take the shot on Uh, and I'm much more willing to take a shot on you know those names I've already mentioned Um, and so I don't find myself ending up with Keller because, like we said with the other guys, you don't want to load all these guys on your team. Then you're falling behind in strikeouts, um, unless you're going to punch strikeouts, which you know isn't necessarily an awful um, strategy in a standalone. Um, you know, as everybody pay, pays up for them. Uh, that being said, he's definitely got value in fifteen-team mixed, um, but just not likely going to end up on my team a ton.
0: Yeah, and shallower than that. It does get difficult to roster somebody yeah. like a Brad Keller. Um, because also, you know, you talk about him in comparison to Kim and you say, well, what, what's really the difference? It does start to get into the team context a- aspect mm-hmm. at that point. And you start saying, well, look what, you know, look what the Cardinals can do for him as far as keeping him into some win potential. Whereas uh, with the Royals, you're not expecting
1: too it, much. It's going to be a better team, but it's not going to be a good team. Bingo.
0: Exactly. and That's that's the perfect way to put it. So you might get a few extra dubs than you would normally expect, but you're not going to get enough to really change the game for him. Yeah. So I totally agree with that in respect to Brad Keller. And that's going to wrap us up for the day. Uh, like I said, next Tuesday, unless there's a bunch of breaking news, we'll have a big final jump here at the pitchers. I'll probably reach out to you on Monday uh, for some guys that maybe you want included. I'll show you where I'm at on the rundown, and we'll just get our last you know few uh, sleepers in there. Keller hour. Oh, We'll definitely be on the Mitch Keller, Dane Dunning, um, Taiwan Walker. Even Hopefully he has a team by them. Kikuchi. There'll be plenty of guys listed there, but then I'll, I'll have you look at uh, like 300 and later ADP and put a few guys on there that you like, and we'll wrap up pitchers, starting pitchers, I should say, because then on Thursday we'll start to get into that craziness that is the reliever pool. Mm-hmm. But, Justin, have a great weekend. Hopefully you warm up there. Hopefully we warm up here as well. And uh, you and I will be back on, on the Horn on Tuesday.
1: Take it easy.